To all SMEs out there, BookDoc provides HR solutions that digitalize your healthcare system to reduce overall cost. BookDoc's employee benefits platform allows seamless and real-time tracking of staff's medical claims, reducing paperwork and man hours. Find out more by calling 1-300-882362 or visit www.bookdoc.com. That's B-O-O-K-D-O-C. BookDoc, connecting and uniting customers with healthcare professionals. This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Enterprise BizBytes, presented by Allianz Malaysia. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes on Friday, the 25th of February, 2022, 12.06 in the afternoon. You might say we're a little shook up today, this afternoon, as we were sat at our desk this morning, some of us streaming YouTube, some of us doing other bits and pieces, and, you know, checking up on our daily Wordle scores. There was a little bit of a shake here in the office. I mean, according to you and also Twitter, uh, I'm ashamed to say I didn't notice at all. <laughs> Me and my colleague, Juliet Jacobs, who you may well know from A Bigger Picture, uh, experienced what I thought at first was some bout of vertigo. But apparently it turns out we are we did feel aftershocks of a earthquake over in uh, Sumatra. Yeah, 6.2 magnitude. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you indeed uh, felt that as well. Give us some feedback. 018-789-8899. Twitter at BFM Radio. That's not what we're talking about today, though, mm-hmm. however, uh, but that shouldn't stop you from sending your messages. We another are talking shaky situation. Another shaky situation. Families, you might say, are always a bit difficult. Uh, and it's not uncommon for companies, especially within the startup sphere, to brand themselves as families. You've probably also read it on those witty casual job postings. But is calling work a family? Really as positive as it sounds, over the last couple of years, uh, the term has taken on a highly negative connotation, uh, with many calling it one of the more, more glaring red flags to look out for when seeking a new job. So a few days ago, uh, we came across an article on The Atlantic with the headline, The Dark Side of Saying Work is Like a Family. And obviously, it immediately caught our attention. Uh, And obviously, this isn't the first time we're seeing articles like this with similar titles. If you just Google red flags at work, you're bound to come across one that says calling work a family or something similar. Uh, There are also countless threads on Reddit and many, many videos on social media discussing this same thing. Uh, Our question is, when did this branding take on a negative connotation? Was it the pandemic or did people start noticing it a little bit before. Mm -hmm. And since this is a complex topic, we're going to get in touch with two experts a little bit later to explore this from a psychological perspective as well as an HR perspective. And in fact, if you've seen a job posting or have been through a new job orientation over the last mm, decade, you've probably seen the word family thrown around when describing a company's culture. Mm -hmm. According to an article in the Harvard Business Review by Joshua A. Luna, this is one of the biggest organizational mistakes among managers and high-performing teams. While some aspects of a quote-unquote family culture like respect, empathy, caring, a sense of belonging can add value, ultimately, trying to sell your organization's culture as a family can be more harmful than psychologically satisfying. So you might be wondering, well, why? So we're going to give you some examples. Um, Firstly, personal and professional lines begin to blur. Uh, You've got to understand that Quote, family means different things to different people. Not everyone wants to connect with their co-workers on a deeper level, let alone create a dependency to an organisation. 
And according to research, when an organization uses the family metaphor in business, it creates a positive, motivating, and morale-boosting culture, where colleagues are not seen as colleagues anymore, but as brothers and sisters. Now, this leads employees to emotionally attach themselves to the organization. And while it can reduce conflict and disagreements within the organization, a fear of causing a strain in that relationship with their superiors, who are kind of now seen as mothers and fathers, Blech. and I, yeah, I, I'm not so keen on that, uh-uh. could leave employees feeling like they must share any information that's being asked of them. Yeah, and this can be even more challenging, of course, in a virtual or hybrid environment. Research shows that when managers cannot, quote-unquote, see their direct reports, they sometimes struggle to trust that their employees are actually working. And this might prompt managers to seek out employees, start and stop times, as well as information about what they're doing all day long, i.e., you know, micromanagement yeah. when on company time. And you can already see how this scenario is turning toxic fast. Yeah. Now, secondly, um, an exaggerated sense of loyalty becomes harmful. So when a family member requires significant commitment on your end, you, you rarely have to think twice. It doesn't translate well, though, in a work setting. Now, according to the book, The Character of a Corpora- uh, Corporation, in family cultures, employees are willing to step in to assist others when the need arises or even volunteer to, quote, help before they're asked in the most selfless manner. But research also shows that overly loyal people are more likely to participate in unethical acts to keep their jobs and are also more likely to be exploited by their employer. Basically, we're all in this together, so you have to play your part, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, when unaddressed, employers could foster an environment where burnout is the norm and ultimately impacts the bottom line through employee attrition and lost productivity. Yeah, and more importantly, a power dynamic is created where employees get taken advantage of. So again, if you're promoting a family culture, does that make the employer the parents and the employees the children? Not everyone has a good relationship with their parents or siblings, and emotions from family dynamics can easily bleed Mm -hmm. into professional relationships if allowed. Mm -hmm. And these dynamics can leave employees feeling unempowered to stand up for themselves and take on work that falls outside of their comfort zone. Look, the harsh truth is relationships between employees and employers are temporary in nature and at some point have to come to an end. So to liken the relationship to a family creates an illusion that the bond will last indefinitely and not to make things creepy. But studies show that employees who operate within a familial culture sadly often fail to report any wrongdoing when they feel closer ties to the perpetrator. Whether we want to admit it or not, families can be unwelcoming to outsiders, especially when it comes to differences in class, race, or even sexuality, which is a pattern that commonly shows up at work too. According to Tessa West, a psychology professor at NYU and the author of Jerks at Work, great title by the way, uh, Toxic Co-Workers and What to Do About Them. Work also replicates the same troubling gender dynamics that saddle women Mm -hmm. with undervalued household tasks. This includes committee work and organising birthdays or retirement parties, basically jobs that are more community-oriented but don't necessarily give you status and power. There are a few things that companies should do instead of comparing work to a family, such as comparing work to a sports team, applying meritocracy, setting boundaries, 
but we'd figured we'd get some friends on the line to help us out with some of these answers. Yeah, I think um, Netflix said it best during one of their presentations a few years ago. They said we're a team. Not a family. We're like a pro sports team. And that might sound like meaningless corporate jargon, but when you think it through, it is actually quite profound. I mean, think about how professional sports teams operate. When a player gets too old or unfit or simply no longer fits into the team's overarching tactics, they're ruthlessly traded or discarded. Yeah, or retired. Mm -hmm. Now, um, after the break, we'll have uh, Dr. Eugene T, Associate Professor in Psychology at Help University, to help us understand the psychological effects this has on employees. And then we'll be getting in touch with Celia Rasasegram to get some insights from an HR point of view. That's all coming up after the break. Uh, We did have a message come in, though, uh, from... um, (laughs) Regarding the earthquake a little bit earlier on, and it was from, it says, uh, I am Farouk Sheikh, but I didn't feel any shaking at all. Farouk, thank you so much for that. You may have made my afternoon so far. We'll have some more. Oh, and another one. Bandabaru Sentel felt shaking for about three seconds earlier on. Great. Keep them coming, folks. Uh, We are, of course, talking about how it may not be such a great idea to refer to your workplace as your family. Uh, Let us know what you think about it. 018-789-8899, Twitter or Instagram. We're at BFM Radio. Short break with some music. The Beatles, Yellow Submarine here on BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to Enterprise BizBytes, presented by Allianz Malaysia. Burden-free Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Enterprise BizBytes, presented by Allianz Malaysia. Welcome back, folks, to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm in the studio with... Christine Wong. Uh, please do get in touch with the show today uh, via WhatsApp if you'd like to. 018-789-8899. Uh, Twitter, we are at BFM Radio. Just like Farouk Sheikh did, who said he didn't feel any shake this morning at all when that little... Um, what do we? What's the, what's the correct term for it? Aftershock. Aftershock. Thank you very much, Chris. It's Friday, isn't it? And I'm just not on the ball today for whatever reason. That's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what are we talking about today? We're talking about how maybe calling your team, your work team, a family, not the best thing, potentially, for work culture. Uh-huh. Mm. We've had a message, actually, come in um, via WhatsApp. I'm going to keep it anonymous. Uh, and it says, thanks for the insight in using the error in pushing for the workplace to become a quote-unquote family. I'm glad that I am not odd when I refuse to count out to my supervisor's constant pressure for the past two decades. I was the party pooper when it came to family days and department outings when I refused to spend my leisure time with my quote-unquote family. Thanks, BFM. It would be great if only my supervisors <laughs> and employers are listening in. Mm. Maybe they could could be you Maybe never know let us know what you think folks and we can keep it anonymous you know does your company refer refer to you as part of their family mm-hmm. and how do you feel about it get a, get in touch now um, we did say we were getting in touch with some friends mm-hmm. co-workers colleagues a different sports team perhaps to help out with comments on mm-hmm. this um, so who do we have first up uh, dr eugene t uh, associate professor in uh, psychology from help university mm-hmm. uh, first of all then um what are your personal thoughts on saying work is like a family i'll i'll start by saying that i can see why some of us um, especially those of us who are committed to our work we feel a sense of belongingness and strong friendships that we have And I I think these are just some of the reasons for why we would call or equate work similar to that of, say, family and more personal relationships. 
I think the equivalence has has some positive rather connotations. I mean, we like to think the connections we form at our workplace as as a place, right, in a place is similar to that of our families. We've even seen the use of terms such as work spouses, uh, a work wife or a work husband to denote individuals with whom we share particularly strong bonds or strong connections with. So I'd say that at, at the surface level, at least saying your workplace is like a family may come across as positive, but there is a need to consider how how the usage of the term has now evolved rather into something a little bit less than positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this phrase or this idea has a little bit of a negative mm-hmm. connotation today, but it wasn't too long ago when saying we're a family was seen as warm and welcoming by employees themselves. So um, what do you think changed and why? There are several reasons why calling your colleagues a family is no longer appropriate. I, I agree with you on this point. And I don't think it's appropriate to see workplace relationships as an extension of, of our family. I'll provide three reasons for why this is the case. Uh, first, as with major changes in the way that we've worked, some of us remotely over the past three years, uh, many of us have actually come to see the routine, the drudgery of work as one more fueled by obligations to close others. Uh, that is our closest relationships in the workplace. And, and really such close connections can be exploited. Uh, we, we end up committing to overtime, burning ourselves out primarily because we don't want to let down or to disappoint the colleagues we see as family. I, I suspect the increased work hours spent working from home may be partly explained by your close colleagues, right? Um, and not recognizing the boundaries between the professional and the personal. You don't want to let your friend down, so take on you take on additional work, but this results in burnout and, and associated emotions that go along with being overworked. Uh, second, and, and closely associated to this first reason is the ideals of leadership that are often seen in collectivist, high power distance cultures such as ours. Uh, studies of what is called paternalistic leadership um, these these styles tend to place expectations on staff, uh, whereby staff are expected to be loyal, to be obedient, almost subservient to the leaders, the managers of the organizations. So it implied in such a leadership style is the rather well, the implicit notion that the head of the organization, the, the father figure knows best. Implying that father, I put father in quote marks here, in this case, the manager, right? Implying that they know best also conveys the underlying belief that your opinions as a junior employee, the uh, again, quote marks, son or daughter, matters less than that of management's. You may have realized that in these uncertain times, this isn't necessarily true. There is no playbook for the changes we have experienced and you know, blindly following through with, with experience is no guarantee. So in some instances, dad doesn't know what to do. Um, third, um, this just crossed my mind, uh, any, and, and one that I've seen highlighted in scholarly articles and professional commentaries is the realization that the closeness of bonds between individuals may also lead to detrimental effects. The, the blurring of boundaries between what is professional and what is personal can lead those in, you know, those who are sharing these close connections to, to excuse or maybe even turn a blind eye to poor performance or, or worse, unethical acts. Um, so, so in short, given these realizations, firstly, feeling obliged to work more because of existing close relationships, you see your colleagues as family, uh, realizing that father doesn't necessarily know best, best and, and seeing unethical actions stem from these relationships are reasons, just three of them off the top of my head, I feel, that it isn't healthy to see our workplace relationships as a replica of happy, healthy families. 
I'd imagine maybe some of your listeners feel this way too. Uh, Eugene, do you think it's true, or is it true that just using word, just using words like family, um, can have psychological effects on both employers and employees, even if they're just using that term loosely? Um, and if so, how does it impact both sides? Well, I, I think implied in well, at least a more positive connotation of the word family is that parties in professional relationships are close, so much that they are like family. Uh, but this is based on the assumption that all families are happy, healthy. Uh, but like the workplace, right? Saying that someone is like a family also highlights, I think, um, possible power and influence imbalances in a relationship. And this is not necessarily a good thing. I've I've observed instances where paternalistic leaders might see the employees as, as children, right? Quote marks again, or worse, where lecturers or instructors are seen by their students as parental type figures. My personal opinion, my personal stance on this is I strongly disagree when it is claimed that there is little and no harm thinking about workplace professional relationships in this way. Power imbalances, status differences provide the necessary means, the grounds for excusing the moral and the unethical and can be used, of course, to, to exploit or take advantage of others. Seeing professional relationships as something more akin to a personal family connection may invite such behaviors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so from a place of mental well-being, are there any positives to treating the workplace like a family? And if so, what are they? Well, collegiality and closeness, a feeling of being connected to and embedded with your team, these can be positives arising from close relationships with colleagues. But again, I stress that we need to draw the line between the personal and the professional. Um, Indeed, I think it's when these boundaries are blurred or when they are crossed, worst of all, when that friendly banter with your work spouse suggests flirtation or even crosses over to harassment, uh, when, say, being called your boss's favorite um, invites accusations of favoritism or nepotism even. I, I think we need to be more precise and uh, we need to use a more precise term rather to replace the word family and to reserve family simply for relationships that exist outside of the workplace. Okay, uh, final question before we have to take a break, Eugene. Uh, what can employers do to foster that sense of community and ownership without relying on this family trope? A suggestion that I've recently come across, I think this was from the Harvard Business Review. Um, I I think that article suggests that we move away from, like you mentioned, well-worn tropes, statements such as, we're all in this together, we're a family, or they, that is my colleagues, right, are like a family to me. It might be helpful to start thinking about your employees and groups of them as teams, as as a collective of skilled professionals with a common purpose. I think almost in the same way you wouldn't call your family a team is the same reason, right, I've provided here. Hopefully I've convinced some of you that we wouldn't want to call our workplace teams a family. The boundaries between work and non-work blur, um, opportunities for mistreatment or unethical practices arise because of, you know, personal ties creeping into and affecting our professional boundaries. Um, and as for what employers can do, I think, to, to foster community and ownership in work, I believe the same principles for engaging employees, enhancing the commitment to, to their work applies here. So, you know, offering autonomy, balancing that with accountability, design jobs that allow clear identification of individual input and contributions. And again, I think these can be designed without needing to, to change our view of professional relationships from professional to personal ones, right? So maintaining workplace relationships as precisely that, as 
the point I was trying to make. Uh, those that belong in the workplace and are temporary, recognizing them as temporary rather than permanent. And I think that can also help employees encourage them to maintain those respectful boundaries, maintaining those connections at a professional rather than crossing over to a personal level. Great. Uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Eugene T., Associate Professor in Psychology over at HELP. We are discussing whether or not calling uh, your work colleagues uh, a family is potentially a red flag here on Enterprise Biz Bites today. We've had a few messages uh, during that uh, talk set there as well. First up, um, Robert Lim, who said, uh, work is a family discussion. Two Western thoughts. Uh, Japanese and Asian companies are doing not too badly with family concepts. And then we've had another one uh, from um, number ending 7181, who says, you guys should ask Dominic Toretto's opinion on family. Uh, For people who don't get that joke, just to clarify, um, that is a reference to Vin Diesel's character in the uh, movie franchise, The Fast and the Furious, where he constantly refers to his work team as a family. And there's nothing stronger than family. Yep. What do you think? Get us via WhatsApp, 018-789-8899 on WhatsApp. Twitter is at BFM Radio. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we have Celia Rasasegram, the HR consultant and chief experience officer for Kindler Employer uh, Employee Experience Project, all coming up after these messages. Uh, music from Journey. Don't stop believing here on BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to Enterprise Biz Bites, presented by Allianz Malaysia. Broking financial mergers. BFM 89.9. Enterprise Biz Bites, presented by Allianz Malaysia. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm in the studio with... Christine Wong. Uh, we have been uh, speaking about how it's not uncommon for companies, uh, especially within the startup sphere, to brand themselves as families. Uh, you've probably also read on those uh, witty casual job postings. But is calling work a family uh, really as positive as it sounds? And over the last couple of years, the term has taken on a highly negative connotation, with many calling it one of the more glaring red flags to look out for when seeking a new job. Uh, just before the break, we were hearing uh, from, uh, excuse me, Dr. Eugene T, the Associate Professor in Psychology over at HELP University. We do have somebody else on the line with us right now. We have uh, Celia Rasasegram, the HR Consultant and Chief Experience Officer at Kindler Employee Experience Project. Um, Celia, um, firstly, what, what are your thoughts on this idea of saying work is, quote, like a family? So this is a really good topic to talk about. And my only answer is work like family. Are your colleagues family? Honestly, to take a very bad song title, I would say it's blurred lines. Why is it blurred? Because it depends what stage in our career we are what age we are, what our concept of family is versus friends versus colleagues. And we spend so much of time with our colleagues, right? They know everything. They know how our day went. They know how last night went. They know what challenges we're facing. They know our habits, our hobbies, our lunch preferences, food. So it is very blurred. But one story with this always gets to me. And it was when I was in my 20s. And I was 
so in love with my company and I would do anything for them. And doesn't matter, 14 hours, 16 hours, really didn't matter. Or if I was sick, I would make sure I would find a way to go in for work. I wouldn't take a day off, right? And a very senior manager pulled me aside and said, Celia, do you understand that if a bus knocked you on the road and killed you, the company would find a replacement? And that's a big statement, right? Yes, companies will replace you. Families will never be able to replace you. Well, uh, so, okay, Celia, uh, following from that, uh, the article that we mentioned earlier focuses on the effects of comparing work to family for the employees. But does it also have an effect on the employers or the company themselves? What are some positives and negatives? So I'm going to start with the positives. Because, yes, the employees who feel like family are going to retain longer that could translate to a better ROI for the company. Um, Employees who feel like family are likely also going to be worth, they will feel that it's worth going the extra mile. They will feel that it's worth giving a little bit more than 100% for their company because they feel like they're part of a family and they don't want to let family down. They also may feel that they're in a reciprocal relationship where they need to give back as much as they get. This also benefits the culture sometimes because new employees coming in would see that there is a general, um, I don't know, maybe fondness or love between employees and employers. There's a genuine care And that obviously will make the culture better, which would result, hopefully, in better performance. The con side to it is, and I have to say there are a lot more cons, and I've seen this, my clients are mainly uh, startups in their phase two and SMEs in their growth stage, and performance management is a huge issue. Most of the time, the owners and directors of these companies are telling me that, you know, they've been here so long, right? They were with us when we were struggling. They, they're trying their best, but they can't keep up with the pace that we're at now. And a lot of times in these companies, employees are transitioned within departments or within roles or given... Uh, easier roles, you know, they they just shuffled around trying to make them fit in to a structure that they probably don't fit in anymore. And to me, that's a super con for both the employer and the employee. It's also at a level where if I'm an employee and I'm really looking at my colleague like a brother or a sister, is there any concept of integrity, doing the right thing, calling out someone when they do something wrong, or are we just mindful that we don't want to break up the family environment? For me, it's always best that there is candid conversation, 
that there's professional conversation, that people are talking about development, goals, objectives. And that's really not the kind of conversation family usually typically has. Mm. Um, so we, we spoke with Eugene, as you, you heard earlier on, and we asked him uh, you know, this similar question, this comparison to family uh, kind of really started to take on this negative connotation over the last couple of years, or, or, or so it seems, since the pandemic started. Why do you think that is? Why has it gotten this negative connotation now? And, and is there a connection between this negativeness, negativeness, negativity, and um, the pandemic? A lot of me wants to say that we don't have to face a post-pandemic situation and things can return to normal. But there's no reality in that. Post-pandemic is real, right? The great resonation is real. It's global. Employees are super affected. And it has to be addressed. It has to be talked about. What companies have to do post-pandemic Understanding that for almost two years, employees saw their best friends at work get retrenched. Employees had their salaries reduced, some to probably levels where they were barely surviving and had to take on other jobs or had to come up with other Um, means of making money. And they realized that, yeah, they don't have to see their colleagues every day. They don't need their boss as much as they thought they did. They don't need that physical connection daily to earn a living. And they realized what family was. Family are the ones who stick by you, right? The ones who help you while you're in isolation, the ones who cook for you when you had COVID, the ones who risk a lot by probably making your bed and cleaning your washroom, even though you're in isolation. And that's family. They had time with their kids, with online school. There's so much more connection happening within the family, which didn't happen pre-COVID. And this event, if I can call it that, has affected all of us for the rest of our lives. If we have lived through COVID, it has affected us. They know now, employees, that they are replaceable, that they can be retrenched, no matter what they've done before for the company. It's not going to be a factor. I'm not saying that companies are evil, yeah. I know all what companies I, I've seen, what companies had to go through to just survive. But it is what it is. It's the black and white of it. And uh, I don't think any employee has realized that they are not indispensable and that their family is the priority. Mm. Uh, Celia, we ha- we have to take a, a break in just a moment. I do have a you know a, a reaction to that as well. Just before uh, a couple of years before the pandemic, I had a, a you know a fairly uh, worrisome medical issue, and mm-hmm. I was in hospital for a while. Then I was uh, at home recovering. And if it hadn't have been for my work colleagues who did come in 
as I guess at the time. My family. I would have had nobody come to visit me. You know, they they made sure mm -hmm. I had food. They made sure I had some pretty flowers. And you know, mm -hmm. it, I'm very thankful for that. Then, and I think they'd probably still do the same thing now. Um, in, in fact, I know they'd do the same thing now. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I find it in some ways difficult to kind of process this. Do you know what I mean? But I think what basically I think that's because. I would assume I was not there for this, FYI. Mm. But uh, I, I think that um, that's based on the precedent that you have uh, um, transcended your relationship between these people. Yeah. Uh, so it has gone gotten to a personal level. Yeah, I think yeah. what Celia is pointing out is you should not be expecting Correct. your colleagues and your company to be able to support you. Uh, you know, before that trans transcendental, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, transition. Uh, in the same way as a family actually would. Now, on that note, let's take a break, folks. 018-789-8899 if you have any updates for us. Um, if you want to comment on this topic about whether or not calling your work colleagues or family is a good or a bad thing, whether it's a red flag for the company that you are at or potentially joining, let us know. You can also get us over on Twitter. And if you still want to drop us a message regarding the earthquake that you may or may not have felt earlier on, the tremors, of course, let us know. Same numbers. We will be back with Celia after these messages. We have Courtney Barnett with Pickles from the Jar coming up now here on Enterprise BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to Enterprise BizBytes, presented by Allianz Malaysia. Brave, free Malaysians. BFM 89.9, the business station. Enterprise BizBytes, presented by Allianz Malaysia. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined in the studio by... Christine Wong. We are discussing this whole idea of whether or not calling your uh, work colleagues a family is a red flag for any company. Uh, we've had a message come in via WhatsApp, uh, 5595, who says, what about calling your team a machine, uh, like the proverbial well-oiled machine, and that each individual is a cog of a much bigger machine where we would need to do our respective parts in moving forward. Thanks very that. much for that message. Yes, indeed. Keep them all coming in. 018-789-8899 on WhatsApp, Twitter, at uh, BFM Radio. Now, uh, we still have... Um, a few questions for Celia uh, Rasasegram, who is the HR Consultant and Chief Experience Officer of the Kindler Employee Experience Project. So, Celia, what can companies do to foster that feeling of community and togetherness without relying on the family comparison? This is a really great question and one that I'm really passionate about. There is a lot of data that talks about having friends at work, having a a great network in the office and how it leads to higher engagement and higher productivity, right? There was a Gallup survey that said uh, people who are best friends at work are seven times more likely to be engaged at work. That's crazy. So what can companies do to encourage this level of engagement, friendships, networks, and it is creating experiences for the employees. It's creating platforms, events, activities where employees can engage and connect, not just on a work level. And that can start from their first day, right? If a new employee joins and you assign them a buddy or a mentor, 
that immediately increases their circle, their network, their friendships. And it's something that companies have to actively look at developing. Another great way and one that, again, truly resonates with me um, is development. Employees stay with companies because they're looking for development. Well, the, the good employees are looking for development. And, you know, recently I had an experience with a, a senior employee in a huge MNC. And when I was asking about what made them feel disengaged, what made them feel like there was a push factor that wanted them to leave the company. And it was such a simple thing that they felt they didn't have a mentor, right? And it kind of broke my heart because I have two amazing mentors, and I can't imagine growing my career or being the person who I am without them. So mentorship and development, that is what can hold your employees together, thinking, having that still team orientation, we're in it together, having that same reciprocal feeling that my company is investing in developing me, my company wants to mentor me, I have a personal relationship with my mentor. These are, I think, two of the things that companies can do, which will be really high impact to employees feeling that they belong in this company. And that's what it's about. It's a feeling of belonging. So the topic has really made me think back about my work and how I felt about the companies that I worked in. And I really love this opportunity to do a quick shout out to my mentors, Peter Miller of uh, Group CEO of Fermion Group and Melissa Norman, founder and director of Ashling. You guys are awesome. I was so blessed to have you all as my mentors. Oh, That's nice. Now, um, we have one final question for you then, uh, Celia. And it's uh, based on these countless articles and Reddit threads and, you know, wherever they come from. The idea of calling work a, quote, family has been branded as a red flag uh, by many new job seekers. What do you think are some other red flags uh, that sound like positives but, you know, really aren't? So, hey, this is a really difficult question because, you know, job ads and job descriptions uh, have been so fancy in the last few years, right? Some are just too full of jargons, so, you know, they don't know what they are talking about. Some are too full of selling points, which makes you kind of figure out that they're trying really, really hard to recruit. Uh, but it's really hard to discern, right? you got to read it and figure out your own pet peeves. Uh, my pet peeve is job ads, which state we work hard and play hard. I don't understand that. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, attractive um, and it's definitely not speaking 
to what employees want, which is development and growth. So that should be the language used in job ads and job descriptions when advertising. It should be talking about the potential of the role. It should be talking about the growth and opportunities of the role. And it should be highlighting the development options provided by the company. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay, thank you so much for that. It is uh, time for us to wrap up, though. But if you did miss any part of the show, don't forget you can download the podcast. It's available a little bit later on. And, of course, you can always download it via the app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Now, um, don't go anywhere because coming up after the 1 o'clock news, it is the Breakfast Grill replay. Highly, highly recommend you uh, have a listen to this as the Russian President Vladimir Putin has launched a military attack on the Ukraine, despite warnings from world leaders uh, that it could spark the biggest war in Europe since 1945. The Breakfast Grill managed to speak with the ambassador of Ukraine to Malaysia. That was all happening this morning. Make sure you give it a listen. It's coming up after the one o'clock news. To take us there, we have some adverts and a bit of this and a bit of that. We'll be back on Monday, of course, here on Enterprise on BFM 89.9. Enterprise Biz Bites was presented by Allianz Malaysia, empowering businesses to build confidence in tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.